Okay, so I'm here with Rachel Brown. Hi. Violinist, educator. Um, entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Effervescent personality. and cat, cat Yeah, cat owner and enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Which you would want those two things to coincide, mm-hmm. I suppose. I um, do. I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't own a cat if you're not enthusiastic. I will take it. <laughs> if you're my cat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're, we're also here with Kirby and Coda. Kirby left. Kirby, Kirby left the room. Okay, Kirby. I see how things are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to start off uh, with the same question that I ask everybody, which is um, like how it's kind of a big question. Uh, okay. But how did how did you get started in music? I know you started pretty early. Yeah, this is actually a really easy question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, so I had absolutely no choice in it. Um, my mom signed me up for the Suzuki method when I was uh, a zygote. <laughs> I was in utero and there's apparently like a really long waiting list. So oh um, yeah, when I, when they, when they made me um, <laughs> <laughs> shortly thereafter, mm-hmm. I was enrolled in lessons. Oh my um, gosh. Needless to say, many a therapist has been like, this is why you have problems. <laughs> but it's actually okay. Your I, destiny was set yeah, long I didn't, ago. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. Um, yeah, so I started when I was, you know, I, I, like, my mom gestated. I, like, popped out. <laughs> <laughs> I had, like, a solid three years um, of not playing violin, in which time I, like, sat on my mom's lap a lot and uh-huh. played piano. I'm using air quotes when I talk about playing right. piano right now because I was a baby. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so then when I was three, um, my mom took me to my first lesson and I like walked in and my teacher took one look at me and was like, uh, she got to be potty trained first. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so like I had to like um, be potty trained uh, really quick. And also my therapist blamed that for a lot of my problems. Um yeah, so so that's how it all began. Oh Very gosh. little choices were made on my behalf. Um, but uh, if you want, I mean, at some point we'll probably talk about uh, how it became to be something that I, in fact, love and chose over other. The, that was paths. sort of my next question. Was just like, at what point were you like, okay, I think this is something that I like doing enough to keep doing it. Yeah. Um. So that. That's a that is a, that is a bigger question. That's like a, a bigger question um, mm-hmm. that I've thought about. Um, okay, so I feel like there have been many points in my life where I've had these moments where it's like, do I do another thing that also seems really interesting to me, or do I keep doing this music thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the first moment that happened um, was when I was a junior in high school, and I had come to this sort of point where. I had outgrown slash had some bullying issues Aww. with um, a youth orchestra I was in, yeah. and I wasn't playing in any youth orchestras. Um, and so, to me, orchestras like I really like it. So yeah. I've always been that way, and that was sort of a. I think it's because I wasn't involved in an orchestra that I I kind of pulled away from the violin. Um, and I got really into my schoolwork and actually got good grades for once <laughs> in my life. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. Oh, my. And then that summer, though, I went to Interlochen uh, to the arts camp. Mm-hmm. And I played in really what was my first, like, full orchestra, not like a little kid's string yeah, orchestra. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very different, like, oh, when you're the first yeah. time being in, like, a full orchestra. I mean, you sure do have to play away. a lot higher on those first violin yeah. parts than you did when you were playing, like, <laughs> reductions for children. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was kind of amazing, kind of 
revolutionary. It's kind of the cliched like experience of a teenager. I grew up in a school that didn't have an orchestra. I didn't have any friends in my neighborhood who put, I didn't actually have a neighborhood because it was a real back of the woods place, but mm-hmm. none of my friends played violin. I was kind of alone in this yeah. at- atmosphere of music. And um, at Interlock and I met kids my own age who were doing this. Um, and, and I came back and I was like, hundred percent going to be a violinist. Um, after that, um, I had another point in my life where like things kind of, uh, fell apart to be honest. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure I wanted to do violin. Um, and I took like some time off, um, and, uh, transferred schools and things like that. Um, and when I had re-enrolled at a new university, um, I was having a conversation with someone and I was explaining to them what I had just learned in music theory class that day, which was the basics of sonata form. And mm-hmm. I was like so gung-ho about what sonata form was. And yeah. I was like so excited <laughs> to explain it to someone. Um, and this person, like their face melted with how much I was talking because I <laughs> don't normally, like, ah! like, what is happening? And they're like, they said to me, they were like, that is literally the most excited you've ever been about anything mm-hmm. since Harry Potter. <laughs> um, and I was like, hmm, this is very interesting. <laughs> it's a perhaps, very telling. <laughs> perhaps this is a moment of path changing. Of clarity. Yeah, and so that really, that person saying that to me really did sink in and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I think I might be into this whole music thing. Yeah. So all that is to say, like, I'm someone um, – I think I was kind of raised by my mom to constantly challenge things, just mm-hmm. like basic ideas, you know. Um, and one of the things I've always challenged is, do I really love music? Mm-hmm. And so those are just sort of two of the times that really stuck out to me as being like, I questioned it, and the answer was yes. This yeah. is what I love. This is what I want to do. Um, but there have been other smaller moments, I'm sure. I just, you know. I think everybody has moments remember. where it's like, you know, you, it's not the kind of thing that you do unless you love it, you know. It's kind of too hard and also yeah. kind of it's too much based. Uh, it's almost like your self, uh, what am I trying to say? Your uh, sense of self-worth uh, self worth can be like too closely tied to it for yes. it to be something you just kind of like do because you're yeah. like, oh, this yeah. is fine. Um, <laughs> um, sure. But yeah, no, that, that's good. I, I feel like I, I talk to a, a lot of people who have sort of like a, a moment where they're like, they have to like step back and be like, is this really what I want to do? Um, and I hope they do. I mean, I yeah. hope everyone, I think most of the time it's like they, most of the time I talk to people and they like, they generally, most of the people I've talked to in this podcast, like it's, you know, people want to keep doing it or they, you know, just slightly modify it, but they're still in music, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the love of music like seems to still be there. That's, uh, so, that's so cheesy and lame. I know. I want it to be like, I got paid an amount of money and then I was like, cool. And then I did more. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for the money. I did I, it for I, the money and the let's chicks. Just, let's change the whole story. <laughs> I liked a boy. <laughs> he just, gave me money. Yeah, exactly. Oh. He would, he was my violent sugar daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so now, now you, uh, you pass on your to to you know keep going in this like really cheesy vein. Yeah. Um. You uh now you pass on your love of music to young people at places like Chicago Academy 
um, for the arts. Mm-hmm. And did you tell me, so, you know, you were on like the summer bonus episode yes. and, um, I think, was it the kids at Chicago Academy for the arts where you do like new music things with some of them? Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So they have a new music ensemble mm-hmm. as like part of the coursework that students wow. can sign up for. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Um, so last, last year I did some work with them. Um, it's just amazing that, you know, high school students have the opportunity to com- compose not just like music, but very experimental music. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. This is the group I choose, not the summer, but the summer before, um, we went to Darmstadt actually, mm-hmm. and the kids were part of the festival and kind of melted faces and <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. Raiders of the Lost Ark style. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, that's. I kind of I tried to block it for a second, but yeah, it was it was, it was slightly traumatic. I mean, oh God. I kind of feel bad for all those people's faces. But let's face it. But they it. had an experience. Yeah. 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 And then they died. <laughs> oh my God. Um. So you do some new uh, new music with these kids, mm-hmm. and do you teach like private lessons mostly? Yeah. Or? So so this year is actually a. a brand new experience for me at this oh. at the high school <laughs> at the high school level i am now teaching mm-hmm. two levels of music theory oh my um, music history piano lab chamber ensemble and private lessons whoa um so yeah uh, it's a it's a lot it's a of, lot a lot of love that i'm passing on yeah you are you're passing <laughs> the love on all day every day <laughs> i hope i don't get arrested for that <laughs> sounds really weird um but yeah uh so that's you know it's I'm used to teaching these types of classes at a collegiate level because mm-hmm. um, I've been teaching at Harold Washington College for the That's last right. six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, believe it or not, teaching 14-year-olds is very different than 22-year-olds. Yeah. Um, but it's awesome, and I think it's going to be great for everyone because, you know, I'm a teacher, and sometimes the kids teach me as much as I teach them. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, yeah, that face. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, what I meant to ask also was how did you – so you – okay, first things first. So Mm -hmm. you – you're in a new – you have a new music ensemble. You're artistic director for this new music ensemble, Ursa. Ursa is technically not a new music ensemble. Oh, that's right. We're a a music ensemble. You're just a music ensemble that plays everything that people should be playing. I think so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's – I. I feel like there, you know, speaking of like meditating on things and mm-hmm. coming up with, uh, challenging yourself with certain questions. Um, I want, I pondered the idea of making Ursa be a new music ensemble. And I realized that that's not, um, true to who I am. Um, okay. I feel like to me, new music, it can be its own branch that requires a very refined set of skills. Yeah. But personally, I think that those skills are not, um, in disagreement with, what we call traditional skills, which again, I'm putting in quotes because when does a traditional skill become non-traditional? Am I right? (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, to me, I feel like music is music and I want to find the music that I want to play. Um, Some of that is new. Some of that that is is not so new. Some of that is not so new. I feel like, yeah, I think that like being part, being a musician, you are um, a protector of the old and a, like a, a tree for new to grow. What's the better Wait. word for tree? You're protecting the old, right? Yeah. And you're also um, encouraging the new so that the tradition that you are 
so in love with can continue on for yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the new music part of it comes from us commissioning um, yeah. composers and ha- coming up with new pieces, especially because our instrumentation is a little peculiar. Mm-hmm. We're like um, quartet for the end of time plus viola, or you could think of us as a piano trio plus viola and clarinet, or you could think of us as <laughs> 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 it's always some something normal plus some other instruments um <laughs> well, but some i think weirdo yeah <laughs> but it's a cool it's a cool instrumentation so i think it's uh the idea of, of creating something that might last for yeah new, next generation um is, is very important to me um plus i love playing contemporary music yeah and i would be lying to the world if i didn't program it with the ensemble that i love to play with yeah that makes sense um, was there like a specific catalyst for starting that ensemble or? Um, yeah. Um, gosh, it kind of, it's kind of morphed, uh, mm-hmm. but catalysts, um, there is this guy, Andy Freckle. Do you know him? I don't actually. He plays French horn. He's a great person. He was, he wasn't a member of Earth Ensemble and he recently departed to do his, his own things, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but he came to me, I think it was him. It might've been other people too regardless and we're kind of like here's some things i don't like about the music scene right now mm-hmm. and i was like yeah let's do our own thing mm-hmm. um and so basically that was it that was like it just came out of dissatisfaction <laughs> with yeah. you know how things were going yeah and i think otherwise. it's the same dissatisfactions that um many people have who yeah. are i want to say younger but i actually don't think it's limited to any generation i think it's um a big problem well with classical music i think is the disparity in um, class and how that plays into audience versus creator. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to me, I describe it as being frustrated uh, in orchestral situations where you are literally on a stage above these people who have come to, like, worship your yeah. skills as an artist. It's There's, like, a very big separation there. Yeah. Then, like, to make it even more separated, <laughs> at the end of concert, you, like the musicians leave out one door and the audience goes out the other door <laughs> and you never mix. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's also bizarre because um, I feel like this is actually really well depicted in Mozart in the Jungle, the, <laughs> the TV show available on Amazon. Um, but uh, the, so the people who are sitting below you in the audience while you're having this level of craft that you're like honed and awesome at, mm-hmm. they're actually the ones who control you because yeah. they have all the money. And it's just super bizarre to me. Um, and I feel like that sort of discrepancy, you know, it, it spills into all sorts of arenas with classical music. And so the ensemble kind of wanted to be something to fight that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways that we are fighting that is with our series called Collaboration in Concert. And that came out of the idea of the belief that humans like classical music. Mm-hmm. It's a huge lie that we go around telling that people don't like classical music and it's perpetuated by the media you know you have like advertisements okay even this movie um it's something about pets where like the owners go away mm-hmm. and the pets are at oh, home. is it like secret life of pets or secret something life of, secret yeah. life of pets yeah um and you know normally a, a movie about cartoon animals i'm like yeah sign me up let's watch yeah. this movie but <laughs> naturally in, in the in the advertisements they had the scene where the poodle like its owner was leaving right mm-hmm. and the owner left some music on for the poodle which mm-hmm. is a really nice thing to do for your pets when you leave because they need stimulation and they like music a lot 
Um, <laughs> but anyway, so the owner left and it had, the owner had said it to the classical station on the radio, right? And the poodle is oh, all, like, the poodle prim and proper. It. Yeah, the yeah. minute the, the person, the human leaves, the poodle switches it to, like, Oh, my pop genre naming skills are real bad. It's like it's it's like, uh, like sort of like ra- it's ragey, head banging metal, not classical music. Yeah, and that's supposed to be it, like being cool and breaking away from the rules and the stuffiness. And mm-hmm. that's just one example of I'm sure we can think of many where it's like classical music, stodgy, not cool. Mm-hmm. All the other types of music, super cool, edgy. <laughs> Your dad's not here anymore. Ha! <laughs> Drink his exactly. beer. Um, <laughs> and I think that that sort of like brainwashes humans to thinking they don't like classical music. Mm-hmm. The reality of the situation or is that, that they shouldn't. Right. Like. And if they do, there's something wrong with them. Yeah. They're a stuffy poodle. <laughs> I'm fine with being a stuffy poodle. No problem. Um, Sounds like a great life, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Also a good band name. Yes. Dibs. Oh, um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, I think that people like the thing that is true about classical music, though. It and like classical music, I mean Western art music, but whatever. Because I have issues with the idea of it being Western nowadays, anyway. Right. So we're just gonna call it classical. Um, so I think classical music has challenges associated with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always easy to listen to because it's not designed to be. Pop music is. It's mm-hmm. like that is its job. Its job is to be liked by lots of people instantly. So that people can sing along with it, slash, so that the people making it can get a lot of money from it. Yeah. Um, classical music isn't like that, and it shouldn't be, and that's not bad. It's what I think is wonderful, but um, I don't think we should hide from the fact that there is a challenge associated with listening to it. Yeah. Okay, so these things are coming together um, in that the collaboration and concert series comes up with a way to help the audience sort of instantly engage with a music that is hard to engage with if you don't know what you're listening to or for. Mm-hmm. Um, so for collaboration and concert, we hire a outside artist, someone from the field of visual arts or um, what other fields? Like dance or... Dance. Or, um... uh, we've never worked with a dancer, so if you're a dancer and you're listening to this, please get in touch. It <laughs> <laughs> would be great. Um, visual arts or, or creative writing... Um, yeah. But movement would be great as well. So we hire someone from that field and they teach the audience a bit about how to do their craft. So uh, a visual artist would teach the audience how to draw different line shapes, mm-hmm. line shapes, different line types yeah. or different shape types <laughs> or different line shapes. <laughs> I'm learning so much from this series. Um, and then we perform something and the audience creates art based on what they've just learned Mm -hmm. and following the music that we're creating. And over time, we've kind of honed the project too so that uh, when we choose repertoire, we also pair it with sort of an artistic idea that we want to emphasize. So Mm -hmm. if we're working with a visual artist and we're like, hey, can you teach about line (laughs) shapes? No, just lines. (laughs) Shape lines. (laughs) Shapies. We're going to pick some rep that really has a lot of variety when it comes to melody. Mm -hmm. We can kind of... um, pair those two things together and see how people are able to adjust their ears and really listen into the melodies that we're creating. And that's when, I mean, I thought it was a cool idea when I came up with it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have (laughs) shared it with anyone. Um, But it's actually been very surprising to see the results because, you know, I thought maybe like some people would who have no experience as artists or as musicians would get to be involved. What I didn't account for was how this was going to affect visual artists 
yeah. or other artists and how it would affect other musicians. Mm -hmm. And so it's cool because it's like different experiences for all sorts of different people. And that is exactly what I wanted to create was yeah. different experiences for all different people. Um, and the best part mm -hmm. is that the end of the each show is a sort of show and tell, for lack of a better word, where uh, the audience members show anyone. But most interesting to me is when they show the musicians what it is that they made mm -hmm. and they're able to tell us what they heard. And I've always had issues just like feeling the uncomfortableness when audience members try to talk to me about what I just played. Yeah. Like they're like, it was really good. And I felt these feelings, and I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable with your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about your feelings right now. Like, it's yeah, a lot. I don't know. And honestly, like, even the um, even getting complimented after a performance, there is yeah. a sort of awkwardness to it where it's yeah. like, I mean, me personally, you know, I have my own hangups, and I think a lot of performers do, but mm -hmm. I'm one to overanalyze every compliment I receive mm -hmm. to the point of it becoming no longer a compliment. Right. You're like, um, why did that person just like, I'm like, they said it was very good, why did they say it was extremely good? Uh, <laughs> Obviously so, they hate me. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And so with these concert series, it's interesting because it's me separated. Yeah. It's no longer about me and what I did. It's about the music. Very I much about just the art. And honestly, that at first was kind of hard because I was like, my ego, though. You're like, but I put so much of myself into it. Look how pretty my hair looks. <laughs> you can't see me. The right way You today. can't see me, but I have really pretty hair. <laughs> it is really pretty. You do have pretty hair. <laughs> like, you do, too. <laughs> um, anyway, why did we start talking about that? Whatever. I plugged my own ensemble. There you go. <laughs> well, it sounds like a really cool series. Yeah. Um, November 5th. November 5th. Okay. Into it. Center for Outsider and Intuitive Art. All right. Excellent. 3 p.m. November 5th, 3 p.m. Yeah. And we can also go to the Ursa website. Is it Ursa Ensemble? UrsaEnsemble.com. Okay. All right. I, I visited it many times, but I couldn't remember the URL. But God, there's a lot, be careful. There's lots of bears. <laughs> so many bears. You'll see them. Um, I did want to... Wait, so why... Uh, how did you arrive at... Like, why Ursa Ensemble? Like, why bears? Okay. <laughs> so... I used to, well, okay, so I like gave myself the assignment because we couldn't come up with a good name for this group. And I was like, okay, today's the day I'm going to figure out the name for this mm -hmm. freaking group. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to get in the pool and I'm going to swim laps till I come up with a good name. <laughs> and then you were sw swimming laps for like hours. <laughs> I needed to though. Swimming's really good for you. Um, so I was like swimming and swimming and I was like, okay, come on, Rachel. Like think of think of some other names for ensembles or albums that you really liked. Mm -hmm. And at this point in time, Yo-Yo um, Ma had just recorded Goat Rodeo. Yeah. And it was like all over the place to me. <laughs> so I don't know how that is to everybody, but right, my right. circle was like, Goat Rodeo. Yeah, Go exactly. Rodeo. <laughs> um, and I was like, that is a really good name. And I was like, okay, so it's an animal and a place. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay. Makes sense. So I was like, think of the best animal. And I was like, bears. And then I was like, okay, think of a place. And I was like, mansions. So I was like, bear, bear mansion. mansion. <laughs> I actually love that. It's really great. Um, but I felt that it was a little too, uh, like, okay, I mean, it's a little too intimidating. Like, think yeah. about it. Bear, a mansion, a mansion of bears. bears. Like, that or would be a, a little mansion scary. made of bears. I don't know. It's just, right. it's a little too punk rock. Okay. Yeah. A little I too see the poodle freaking out. Right. We still right, got to right, right. remain a little bit of the regular poodle. Ooh, yes. Because we love the regular poodle. <laughs> anyway. So then I was like, what is the scientific name for bears? And it's Ursa. Mm -hmm. And there you go. 
That's also a great word, Rissa. It's a little weird sometimes. Oh, my voice cracks. Mm. <laughs> my voice cracks all you the time. Awesome. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can like overpronounce it sometimes. Be like, Ursa. Ursa. Yeah. I like that. Well, um, and remind me again, when did you start Ursa? <laughs> you can approximate if you need to. <laughs> well, there's just like levels of Ursa. There's oh, like, I gotcha, 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 we're gotcha. kind of an ensemble. And then there's like, we are a. Um, corporation and then it's like we're 501c3 nonprofit. Oh, okay um, well when did you like for like when was your guys first performance is that hard to say too 2011 oh, okay all right but i feel like that was a that was also like an earlier iteration was like, and like now we played the different. mozart grand partita like uh-huh. there was another violinist that you know it was a totally different beast the group it was more like a moose it was like moose ensemble. It was moose ensemble. Now we're ensemble. And now it's now it's our Maybe that was Bear Mansion. That was <laughs> Bear Mansion, you know, grew up, like cut its hair yeah. and became our ensemble. Yeah, but I feel like the first I think it was more like 2013 feels like that was when we That was were more like, when it was like, okay. We are called Ursa Ensemble, we have a logo and a bank account. Nice. Uh the other thing I know I you know, I know you just described this uh tell me again what did it con Collaboration in concert. Collaboration. You can call it CIC. CIC. Okay. Um, so you just described the CIC uh, series. Um, do you have any other, you know, Ursa or otherwise, any like projects or concerts coming up that you're excited about? Yes, I am excited about every concert. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I mean, Ursa Ensemble has a, has a full season mm-hmm. ahead of us. I think we have um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have nine concerts planned. Oh. Um, uh, one of them that I'm really excited about, and I know I've plugged this in our bonus episode. I'm going to plug it again because I really, really <laughs> like it. As you should. Like no, there's okay. no, there's no such thing as too much plugging on okay. this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so uh, with Ursa Ensemble last year, I'm going to get political for a minute. Okay. Um, we didn't like the way that the country was going Mm -hmm. after the elections. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, a really important facet of American life that I want to protect is healthcare accessibility to every, for, well, for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this makes life better. For instance, I run into a lot of, uh, homeless people who have mental health issues and I think that they should have better care so that they don't make my community more scary. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, another area that I worry about is women's health. Um, and if you follow political things at all lately, you know, that's a, that is a, a kind of a scary thing. Um, and this, just to be clear, like, it's not just like abortion. It's lots of things that help women maintain healthy lives that allow them to be healthy people that allow them to stay in the workforce and fulfill their dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the election and seeing where things were going, uh, I wanted to do something with my music um, and I planned this benefit concert um, in which we would play repertoire written only by female composers, and all of the profits from this concert went to Planned Parenthood. And we named the concert Fewer Dahlias after this one quote um, by this guy who was like, the women's clubs of America should raise more hell and fewer dahlias. Might have gotten that a little wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that person's dead anyway. <laughs> What does he care? <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> um, he's in heaven like, no! <laughs> 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 and, 
Anyway. Get my quote right. <laughs> so we raised over $1,000 and mm-hmm. donated it all to Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this year we're doing it again mm-hmm. in January, January 19th. And this time we're pairing up with Noise Bias, the all-female uh, contemporary, what's the word? Collective. Mm. Um, and so that's going to be awesome. And what's really awesome about that, that makes me super excited about this year's Fewer Dahlias, Fewer Dahlias 2 Shuffle for Women Again, is uh, there's there's music from literally every time period represented, from Hildegard von Bingen to... Hildegard! Yeah. To <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be singing. It's going to be lit. I love Hilde. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so all the way up to Composers Today. And hopefully some of these composers are, you know, Maybe you have not heard of them, and you'll be like, whoa, really? A female composer had the most written sacred songs of the Renaissance? <laughs> How Mind did I blown. not know that? Um, <laughs> because so of the patriarchy, that's why. That's why. Smashing <laughs> the patriarchy. Yeah. Oh, you're not supposed to say smashing. What? Uh, isn't, that, isn't that a word for sex? If you're going to smash? I mean, it could be, but it's also a word for, like, I don't know. Smashing. Yeah. I said uh, it with a G on the end. Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay. I think it's okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, so I'm really excited for that. I'm excited that we get to work with Noise Bias. I'm excited that we're playing some pieces. Um, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to say what they are because that's, so part of the Fewer Dahlias setup is that it's a shuffle concert, Mm -hmm. um, which means that, you know, the audience gets to essentially pick what piece we play next. Hmm. And I kind of like to keep it mysterious until the day of. No, that makes sense. Um, So that um, you you buy raffle tickets to get into a lottery so that you might get the chance to oh, pick the piece. okay. And to be the decider. It, to be the decider. To control the musician. Yeah. Which I was talking about how I had a problem with that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you literally spend money to directly control us. Anyways, I'll think of that one later. <laughs> Figure that one out. That's a, that's a whole other interview. That's a whole other interview. <laughs> yeah, so really excited about that. Uh, the other thing I'm really excited about, and I mean, yeah, I talked briefly about this in the bonus ep, but, uh, my friend and fantastic pianist, James Barnett runs a, um, concert series in Minneapolis mm-hmm. called loft recital dot something <laughs> org net. I don't know. Um, <laughs> do check it out though. It's, it's, it's awesome what he's doing because loft, loft recital dot something. That's something. Okay. Um, it's awesome what he's doing. It. It started off essentially him giving salon-style concerts out of his home, mm-hmm. and it has grown so amazingly huge that he sometimes has to rent new venues to to do the, the performances. Mm-hmm. And this is—he's actually the person who brought the idea of shuffle concerts into my life. Oh, um, so this—I'll be heading out there in, to Minneapolis in November, um, and we're doing an all-Russian performance, oh, um, cool. pieces by Rachmaninoff and Tchaikovsky and Prokofiev. Um, nice. Are you doing vocalese? Yeah, because I saw it in there. Yeah, <laughs> yep. like the saddest mm-hmm. piece ever in the world. Um, I, can I just take a moment? Yeah, I just want to talk about how much I love Rachmaninoff. <laughs> so, when I was a teenager, I really loved Rachmaninoff because I had like a lot of romance in my heart, but no boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And I feel um, you. yeah, so I would just <laughs> I would just listen to Rachmaninoff Second Symphony and cry. Yes, for mm-hmm. like hours. Um, <laughs> And like, I have so much love to I, give. So I literally went to Tower Records in Manhattan 
because I used to live on the East Coast mm-hmm. and also Tower Records used to exist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I bought a CD called Romance with Rachmaninoff. Oh my God. And so I would alternate between Rachmaninoff's Second Symphony and this, this, this amazing wonderful CD. Co- yeah. Just like cry over not having any boyfriends. Um, so I just want to shout out to Rachmaninoff because like as a teenager, I was like, oh my God, these are my feelings. I mm-hmm. have so much love to give. Why, why am I so awkward both in the way I speak to people and the way I look? <laughs> and Rachmaninoff created a safe space for your feelings. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel you. But now it's a full-blown, like, three-degree-holding musician. Mm-hmm. Like, his chromatic language, how does he, how does he, like, be so sappy and saccharine <laughs> and at the same time, like... Did you see this modulation coming? No, I did not. Just, yeah. What meter are we blindsided? In blindsided yeah. by these. Yeah. We should. We sh- so I feel like like I strive for that. Yeah. In my everyday life, I'm like really sweet to people, but, but also blowing also, minds left and right. Yeah. Also, I've never been sweet to anyone. Don't don't believe a <laughs> word I say. <laughs> yeah. I'll put that on. Oh, like somebody should put that like as an epitaph on your tombstone. Like I've never been sweet to anyone. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Like, I really like some people. But was I never just, sweet to mm, anyone. Yeah. So I strive for that. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, so this so concert's in, mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. And, and James Barnett, you play with him, like, with some regularity. Some regularity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He used to live in Chicago, so I met him. Mm-hmm. But then um, his husband got a job in Minneapolis. How dare he? The greatest city in the world. And they both left me here. Oh. And they like once a year they like rescue me to Minneapolis. Oh. <laughs> Minneapolis and, is pretty great. Oh my gosh, I want to go live That's there. Pretty cool. So bad. Yeah. But every time someone's like apply for this job, I'm like, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very work intensive. Seems this like job. I have to email someone. <laughs> mm. Unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um Oh. Um, I will continue playing with South Bend Symphony, mm-hmm. um, which is a super awesome orchestra, mm-hmm. I must say. Uh, we just got a new music director after doing a year-long search. Oh, wow. It's Alistair Willis. And so I have my first rehearsal with him in two weeks, and I'm super excited because I think he's great, and I'm excited to see like what he does with the orchestra. What are you guys playing? Mahler 1. Ah! No big deal. Ah! No big deal. It's just smaller one. Um, yeah. So, and we're playing a uh, corn gold concerto with Rachel Barton Pine, who oh I've never played with before. Um, RBP. But, yeah. Well, it's kind of cool because um, I feel like I have this connection to her already because mm-hmm. if you Google Rachel Brown violin Chicago, yeah, you get like a couple hits that are me. And then like 500 pages that are Rachel Barton Pine. <laughs> Did you mean Rachel Barton Pine violin Chicago? And I'm like... So you guys are sort of like adjacent in Google searches. Yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm really excited about how awkward that conversation is going to go, where I'm just going to tell her that, and she's going to be like, I don't. You're going to be like, we're adjacent like- Google <laughs> results, okay? I don't think you understand how important this is. It's, yeah, that's going to be, that's what I'm really, I think everyone is looking forward to that. Yeah. that moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah. Um, well, cool. Uh I- Yeah. Any other <laughs> composers I need to give a shout out to real quick? Okay. Um. Jermaine Taifei. I'm not saying that we're playing her music on the Fewer Dollars concert. <laughs> but you're not not saying but that. I'm not, not saying that. And <laughs> maybe check her out. Okay. Shout out. Okay. Germ- Jermaine Taifei. Yeah, it's spelled like Tally Fairy, but it's French. 
Haley Berry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I think that, I think that, um, my boyfriend wrote me a piece that I want to play. I know. It's really cool. It's for me and, um, the violist from Ursa Ensemble, Nicholas Jeffrey. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be great. We just have to. We have to do it. You know what's really cool about it? Mm. Nick and I are going to be set up so we can't actually see each other when we're playing it. Oh, my God. Um, and hopefully... It's going to be fine. <laughs> but um, hopefully, there, I think there's going to be like a wall that um, Sean's going to make. I see. Okay, uh, radio audience, again, you can't see my apartment, but it's got... Sean's a fantastic visual artist, and his, the, the entire apartment is decorated with his pieces. Um, so, oh, oh, these no, are all his? These, wait, these, wait, 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 wait. These, 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 these photographs are mine. Those I are yours. Took, Those are also these. great photographs, That's by the way. That's Panama City. Oh, wow. Um, from when I was on tour there. <laughs> I like these I'm little almost, fire hydrants that you I'm have. I'm obsessed just... with fire hydrants. <laughs> the other, that's Columbia mm-hmm. um, on top of some mountain, Bogota. Yeah. It's big. It's important. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Chicago. Oh, it's a wall. It's a, it's a cool brick wall. Yeah, it's downtown in South Loop. Mm-hmm. Um, that's ice. I mean. Because... Who doesn't want to be reminded of winter all summer long? (laughs) Yeah, right. But the other room, (laughs) the other side of my apartment is all Sean Lucas masterpieces. Whoa. Um, Yeah, it's really cool. I can attest to it. It's very cool. So anyway, so he's gonna probably make a a a, a, like wall Mm -hmm. uh, that separates me and Nick, Um, and hopefully, like I want, I want it so that like I wear a backless dress Mm -hmm. and my back is to the audience. Yeah. Because. Because that's dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need to plan for your backless dress <laughs> moments, okay? Like, it's important. I don't get very many of them, okay? <laughs> you need to take them when you can get them, you know? Exactly. <laughs> no, but um, I'm really, I don't, that piece is not programmed uh, yet. Okay. Um, I'm also super intimidated by it because it's like, again, one of the beautiful things about playing contemporary music is when composers give you basically an entire language to learn. Right. That is separate from the language you've been speaking since you were three. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always a little intimidating and usually involves at least two weeks of putting the music on the stand and just crying at it. <laughs> just being like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's intimidating, but um, I'm, I'm certain that that will be on the docket this year at some point. And I'm really, really excited. Oh, he just walked in. <gasps> oh, my God. Spooky. His ears were burning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much for doing this and for hanging out with me and talking yeah. about your life and talking about music. Oh, it was really, really fun. Okay.